Oversight Committee. It's April 27th, 2023. Um, we are going to start with roll call. Uh, Member Catalano. Here, good morning. Member Cunningham Denning. Absent. Vice Chair D'Antonio. Absent. Member Friedenbach. Present. Chair Williams. Present. So again, we do not have quorum, but we'll move into our land acknowledgement. So we acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatu Shalone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatu Shalone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatouche community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you. And I should say good morning to everyone as well. Good morning. <laughs> so um, at this time, we'll go to uh, public comment on items not on the agenda. Members of the public who wish to provide in-person public comment on this item, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. For the records, there are no in-person public comments. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2482-237, Two seven nine one, then pound. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Moderator, do we have any public comments on the phone? For the records, there are no phone public comments. with our approval actually we can't move into that so we will actually just jump right into um, our presentations um, and we'll start with um, how would you like to do um, sure well actually um, we're gonna move things around a bit and start with a presentation of shelter and hygiene and I'm gonna turn it over to member Friedenbach hi good morning everyone um, so um, the shelter and hygiene bucket, um, we have a very diverse, um, a diverse group of different interventions that include uh, some um, non-congregate um, options in there. Um, there is not a huge amount of change from the previous years um, in terms of what the, what the um, investment plan is funding, um, but there are some really key things that are happening that I just wanna mention. Um, the one thing is, is that the safe sleeping sites are going to be, um, phasing out at the end of this fiscal year. There's two of them. There's one in the Bayview and one in the mission. And, um, at each of these sites, um, it's basically where people are sleeping in tents. Um, and, um, they were, um, put up during the pandemic and meant to be temporary sites, not permanent. So this isn't a surprise to anyone, except that like the timeline is now coming to an end. Um, 
And so um, I think it's really important um, for the public to know. And I, I just, you know, from my perspective, um, we don't have a quorum yet to vote on any kind of recommendations, but um, I'd really like to see um, some special prioritization, um, kind of like what we did the pandemic prioritization for people in the shelter in place hotels for the folks that are in that safe sleep site. Um, because uh, many of them do, are not housing referral status, um, but we've already invested a lot of money in stabilizing those folks and um, they came off the streets and a lot of them have a lot of um, challenges um, in um, being able to secure permanent housing on their own. And so um, from, from my perspective, it, it makes sense to try to really make sure that we're not moving those folks into other shelters or onto the streets, but into housing. Um, and so, and there's not new programs opening up when these are closing to be able to kind of, in terms of other shelter programs, um, I think some folks were thinking maybe the, with the um, um, tiny home proposals, but there's a gap that, that they, those won't be open before. So the big new thing that's happening around the shelter stuff um, is the, there's a proposal for a new tiny cabin site in, dis, in District 10. Um, the department reported to us that they had, um, a site identified um, and so that's um, that's something that's added in that we haven't seen um, as a group um, and uh, the um, other piece that's happening there is that um, uh, that we got some bad news um, since our previous meeting that the um, RV, well, at the previous meeting, the RV trailer program um, out at Pier 93, um, which, or Pier 94, excuse me, I always call it Pier 93, I don't know why I'm stuck on that number. Um, Pier 94, those are the, those are the trailers that uh, Governor Newsom donated. Um, we were hoping to go longer. Um, I wanna circle back to this one because I do wanna make a, um, a um, motion um, once we have quorum when our uh, members come uh, their two members come um, to basically try to push to try to extend that a year um, that is not a budget proposal that is not in the budget um, so we would be basically be asking the city to try try to find funds um, alternatively to continue that past the end of the calendar year um, but we did have really positive feedback from residents that are staying there um, and kind of the idea maybe in the negotiations with the port is to scale it down so they have space to do some of the um, rehab work that they're doing to make it ready for maritime use to kind of demonstrate that this is actively winding down but to try to be able to extend some some stay there so we can keep our capacity a little longer. Um, and then um, the other news that was different I just want to highlight again is the um, the um, safe parking site um, referred to as vehicle triage a lot going on in d10 um, we put a lot of like a lot of investments in d10 rightfully so and we're losing some of those and that's kind of um, frustrating um, uh, but that one is on um, parkland and we need to convince the state parks to continue that um, past the end of the calendar year and so that is budgeted in our shelter budget to continue um, and so we do have funding for that so hopefully that happens so that those were kind of the main sort of issues we talked about oasis last meeting and so everybody knows that's that's going forward and going to be purchased which is amazing um, for the family shelter so that was good news in the midst of other stuff um, but that's kind of a summary of what's happening with shelter. 
Um, and I just wanted to kind of pause and see if there was any questions with the two members. Yeah, and I'll just um, say we do have a slide deck that we could walk through as well, but I think that if we, I just want to let the audience know if we don't, don't reach quorum today, we won't be able to have a vote because um, we are a five-member uh, committee. So um, I don't know if you want me to tee those up and kind of show yeah, those Yeah, let's the do that because, yeah, yeah, and sorry, kind of walk sorry I wasn't those, sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, if that's okay, and then okay. I'll introduce and just um, talk a little bit about our process. So I don't know, Jesse, if we want to just get the slide deck up there, but... We might have to do this again <laughs> if we don't make quorum today. Um, so let's just start. So I'll actually start with the budget intro slides. Yeah. All right. So just to give uh, folks just an overview of where we've been and how we got to uh, these recommendations today, we want to talk a little bit about our process. Um, so. You know, this is for fiscal year 23-24, um, and it's really exciting to say that we've been through this process now. I believe it's been a few fiscal years that we've made recommendations to the Board of Supervisors and to the Mayor and have been working with the departments. So we're now in our third year of recommendations. So today, um, the liaisons will be proposing their recommendations for committee discussion. Um, hopefully, there'll be some you know, voting as well as modification if need be. Um, the committee's approved recommendations will be delivered to the mayor and the board of supervisors. Um, the departments have already provided their budgets to the mayor. And at this stage, the departments are communicating with the mayor's office, answering questions, but can no longer revise, propose or revise their budget proposals. And we've been in significant conversation with all of the departments who are here today. Our liaisons have been. So the mayor will issue her proposed budget for fiscal year 23-24 and fiscal year 24-25 on or before Thursday, June 1st, 2023. And just to speak again on the process, um, the liaisons have developed their recommendations between January and where we are now in April of this year. Um, the recommendations are informed by the needs assessment, which you can find all of this on our website, um, on homelessness that was published in December of 2022. Um, we've had listening sessions and liaison meetings with city departments. And I will say those listening sessions were very robust with hundreds of folks in participation. Um, We've also engaged in participatory research um, that was conducted by the Citywide Homeless Strategic Plan, and they presented at our last meeting. Um, and again, if you would like more information on all of this good work, you can visit our website, sf.gov slash O-C-O-H, OCO, and you can click on the blue button labeled Recommendations Process. So with that, I'm going to turn it back to Member Friedenbach to kind of walk through her um, shelter hygiene slides. Yeah, um, so the slides are focused on the recommendations that would be motions. And so I'm not really sure, Chair Williams, how we should, um, if Do you wanna... we should wait. I mean, I could review them, um, but with, yeah, whatever's your preference. Yeah, just so folks can see them just quickly. Okay, just walk okay, yeah. There. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so this one is kind of building on our previous recommendations. Um, uh, last year where we're trying to carve out money for hotel vouchers. And the idea here is for when the shelters are full, um, for folks, families who are fleeing domestic violence or pregnant folks, et cetera, that there would be a hotel room um, to um, be able to place them in. Um, the hotel program has taken a while to get up and running. It's just now 
getting in place. And so the idea is just to add a few more for next year so that we can we can expand the capacity just very modestly um, by $50,000 um, to um, have 10 more hotel vouchers available for folks when, um, when, uh, when these things happen. And I, I just wanna remind people that um, the shortfall, so let's say the domestic violence shelters, for example, is so acute. And we talked about that at some of the previous meetings, but we're talking about, you know, um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, um, of uh, women in San Francisco fleeing domestic violence that are, that are unable to get into shelter. Um, we continue to have, um, you know, pregnant people without having a place to go. And this really affects and, um, you know, Chair Williams can speak much more eloquently to this than I, but it really affects preterm labor and the outcome of the birth. So we, we, did, we wanna be careful and just make sure that we have, we keep building on these and making sure that this, this important safety gap is in place. So no one ends up in a stressful situation of sleeping out on the streets or that they are, um, uh, they are in a situation where they have to return to their batterer. Um, last year we had, um, in Compass, just one program, um, there was about 4,000 households that saw, um, that went there to seek shelter. And so, um, and so it, it's, there's a much larger number than what's reflected in kind of the shelter wait list. Um, and so it, it's just, it's a bigger group there. So that's the idea. We can't vote on this, but I would love to return to this. And the idea here is to basically, um, this is in the shelter category, We've got the cabin um, program that's coming up that's new. We feel like, or I feel like we could carve out 50,000 by just, it would be just like a week delay of the startup of the cabin. Like we don't have that site all set and ready yet. And there's always delays with the stuff. So just carving out a little bit from that, um, we would be able to add these 10 hotel vouchers. So that's the idea there. I don't know if there's questions. I have one question, mm -hmm. um, which is, I don't know if you have this information or maybe the department does, but um, how many hotel vouchers are currently budgeted for? Like what's, how much would this add to the? Uh, we f I believe we funded a hundred last year, um, Gigi and Noel, that just got up and running, right? Yeah, this year's budget includes $2.1 million for hotel vouchers, and that was um, 40 for Tay, 64 for pregnant persons and families, and 20 for survivors of violence. Okay, so Thank 110. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, okay, S any other? No, I'll just add that this is um, a really important uh, priority, and I know that myself and, and Member Friedenbach have worked closely with um, folks who are providing service, direct service uh, to this population, pregnant folks, and we just really want to continue to move the needle to make sure that, you know, uh, emergency access is really readily available, and it's like low barrier, and folks really know where to go and how to get that support, and I know that uh, Vice Chair um, D'Antonio would also talk a lot about the, you know, the domestic violence piece of this. I know that's something that we've been talking through uh, over the years, and so just really glad to see that there is that recommendation in the department's budget, and we want to continue to expand on that because I believe the population that we're looking at is pretty relatively small in terms of pregnant folks who are experiencing housing insecurity about 300 um, per you know per year and so um, as much as we can do to kind of meet that need given the health uh, impacts in that population we want to continue to push for that so thank you member Friedenbach yeah 
All right, so next slide. Um, so this one I mentioned um, the trailer program and kind of talked about this a bit, but um, this is also gonna take some advocacy with the port um, and probably going to, they were originally talking about this going on the agenda to the port commission on the 25th of this month, but it got delayed to May. Um, but basically trying to um, extend this um, for another year. And um, so this is more of a policy recommendation than a budget recommendation um, because we don't have space in the shelter bucket to do this if we also do the tiny home. And I think it doesn't make sense to kind of put our eggs in an unsure basket, but this is the, you know, in terms of the investment plan. But so this is a policy recommendation. And um, again, that was at um, Pier 93. Any questions about that one? Okay. And then the family shelter, um, this, is, this is not a motion. I don't think this needs to be a motion because I think we're good. Um, but, you know, it's really, um, I, well, we could make it a policy, um, a policy motion if we wanted, but we really want to make sure that the OASIS is low threshold and continues to have low threshold access. And what that means is people can just show up and if there's beds, they can stay in them. Um, that there's not a lot of rigor or more or um, bureaucracy to go through. Um, so um, this is something that's, I'm really, like this is really dear to my heart. Like I'm really, really happy about the OASIS being able to continue and I think um, for a lot of the families um, who worked on this campaign um, to save it and for the city folks who worked on this so hard, um, everybody's feeling really great about this. So um, yeah. So and that's um, a 59 uh, room hotel. Um, so the safe sleep, I don't think this needs to be a, a motion either, but it's basically, you know, we uh, given the high costs, and physical hardship and the need to find new sites and all of that combined. Um, I, um, for, as the shelter liaison, I was comfortable with closing these sites, of course, with the caveat that we really wanna make sure that the folks are moved into housing and not back to the streets um, or other shelters. All right, I think that is the end of our uh, shelter and hygiene uh, portion. Do we have any public comment? Um, Members of the public who wish to provide in-person public comment on this item, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. For the records, there are no in-person public comments. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2482-237-2791, then pound, if you haven't already done so, please dial three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. You will have two minutes. Moderator, do we have any public comments on the phone? For the record, there are no phone public comments. Chair Williams, did we want to give um, the departments a chance to ask clarifying questions about those last recommendations? Absolutely. I want to recognize that Vice Chair D'Antonio has arrived. Um, we still do not have a quorum, and um, we'll open it up to the departments if there's any questions on um, the shelter, uh, shelter hygiene recommendations that have been put forth. So I want to recognize Gigi Whitley, or Director Whitley. <laughs> okay. 
Thank you, Gigi Whitley with the department. Um, uh, I wanted to have an opportunity to just clarify the RV um, recommendation because as Member Friedenbach mentioned, this is really in the hands of the Port Commission. And I mentioned this at the last um, meeting, but wanted to sort of reiterate the department's plans. So we are expecting that the port will be amenable to approving the lease through the end of the calendar year. Um, we are in active negotiation um, to lease a site very close to Pier 94. And as part of that negotiation, um, the site would accommodate um, at least some of the trailers. And so our proposal you know, before you is to build out cabins there, but those funds could also be used to relocate and support the trailers on the site. It would not accommodate a one-to-one -one replacement, but we're hoping at least 60 of the 103 operable trailers could move, and then some of the remaining trailers could move um, to the candlestick site. So I just wanted um, that clarification to be part of your deliberation, and I appreciate the advocacy with uh, extending the lease. Thanks. Thank you so much, Director Whitley. There's any other comments? Okay. Um, so I think at this time we're going to um, continue to move until we reach quorum to take our motions. Um, so we'll move to our next presentation, which I'm going to ask uh, Member Catalano if you want to get into our prevention recommendations. So we'll just tee up those slides if we could. Thank you, Chair Williams. Thank you, Jesse. Um, good morning for those who I haven't seen before. I'm Nina Catalano. Um, and I am the liaison for homelessness prevention. Um, thanks to all of the other committee members who've been in these conversations and to the departments um, for working through this budget. Um, just as a high level, there are three sort of main uh, areas that are incorporated within this part of the fund. One is targeted homelessness prevention, which is emergency financial assistance. Um, and, uh, and some minimal level of supportive services to address folks who are at imminent risk of losing their housing. There is eviction prevention um, and housing stabilization, which is largely funded through uh, MOCD and includes an array of services for households that are um, slightly more upstream than that, but also includes some funding through MOCD for um, targeted homelessness prevention. And then we have a section um, within that, I should say, on kind of folks that are in PSH. There is um, some funding to support the maximum um, proportion of income that folks pay to 30% for those in PSH, as well as some additional resources through DPH um, for mental and uh, sorry physical and behavioral health care for folks that are in PSH and need additional support. So that's sort of the the whole shape of the of, of the fund. Um, the other thing, just to recall for the committee and for um, the public, is that this. Um, section of the budget has decreasing revenue over the next couple of years, and so we're going to be looking at some pretty um, challenging questions to answer in the next probably two years around um, how to prioritize within this category. And so we're hoping to see some of the programs that are still being built out, see some data and some outcomes coming through those programs so we can evaluate what the best use of these funds are. The recommendations um, that I'm um, going to share today that are on the slides are not policy recommendations, they don't require a vote because they actually do reflect what is in the current HSH, MOCD, and DPH parts of this budget. But I just want to um, share them so that folks kind of understand what's what's underneath the budget. 
So the first one is on targeted homelessness prevention. And the recommendation here is to protect um, and to the extent possible increase funding for targeted homelessness prevention. Um, the rationale here being that you know, the last um, analysis that went into the last um, pit count and report showed four households entering homelessness in San Francisco for every one household that exits homelessness. And so we know we have to, as a community, um, address inflow into homelessness. And targeted homelessness prevention is a part of the system that can scale to meet the need um, of that emergency financial assistance. So this proposed budget maintains targeted homelessness prevention um, programming at current levels. That works through a plethora of community providers with a standardized assessment um, and referral process. And um, I think one thing that I just want to note here is that about two months ago, the program transitioned to a steady state program from what had been a COVID relief program. So it's even more kind of focused on homelessness and those households most at risk of, of um, experiencing homelessness. Um, next slide, please, Jesse. So the next kind of bucket that I just want to touch on is the eviction prevention bucket. And again, here we're going to recommend protecting that funding um, that's largely uh, goes through MoCD. We know that that eviction prevention and housing stabilization services are really important. Um, there's a definitely kind of a, a Venn diagram with folks that are also on kind of on the front door of homelessness, but we also see programs for folks that are on leases or not on leases who are receiving support. Um, uh, legal support and non-legal support to make sure they're able to stay in their homes. Um, and then so what the proposed budget uh, that we're in, in agreement with or that I'm in agreement with is to maintain that funding at current levels um, for that part of the budget as well. Next slide, please. This last piece, um, we've had some really good discussions on, um, I think, with the committee and as, as uh, with the departments as well about the role of shallow subsidies, um, acknowledging that for folks who are housing unstable or who are currently unhoused, there might be different service needs and there's also just the reality of um, affording housing in the Bay Area. And so um, we've discussed the possibility of shallow subsidies being used for folks who are um, at risk of homelessness, maybe coming back for support from targeted homelessness prevention multiple times because of that financial insecurity. Um, there's not really space in this budget at this point um, to build that out. However, we're excited to see some of that, uh, a small shallow subsidies project being recommended within the permanent housing category. Um, and so we think that is, uh, is, is, will be a useful program. The other thing I just want to note here that didn't come out, I think, in what I've shared so far is the role of problem solving, um, which is for households that are currently unhoused and there is some financial resources and some sort of um, formalized coaching to identify resources outside of the homelessness response system that could help folks um, end their experience of homelessness. And that is that funding has been carryover for now a couple years as those programs got up. There's no access points for veterans and for justice-involved folks, which I'm really excited to see. Um, but that those programs, as they're ramping up, we're gonna um, we're gonna be seeing what those look like in the next couple years and making sure that they're meeting those community needs as well, um, and hopefully getting some more information um, for our committee too about how that work is is um, showing up. And then, I'm sorry, there's one other thing I should have mentioned in here, which is the workforce component, um, which I believe is also funded in this category, which actually straddles uh, the homelessness prevention uh, kind of area, as well as folks in rapid rehousing. And so trying to really make those connections um, uh, to workforce supports through the city um, and through nonprofit providers. So that's a smaller piece of the budget, but is also kind of getting launched in this budget. And so I think at this point, I'll pass it back to the chair. 
Thank you so much, Member Catalano. Um, so we'll invite the departments to clarify um, their position on any of these items. All right, so we'll open up to questions from the committee. Yeah, um, so um, I heard that, so it, it so this is great, so we're not decreasing any of the eviction prevention or, yeah, and I, so I just wanted to highlight that because there's been some concern in the community that that was happening with the Prop C funds, and so we're maintaining the funding, so I just wanted to repeat that. Mm -hmm. I know you already said that, but um, uh, yeah, that's come up at um, different meetings that I've been at. Thank you. All right, so we'll also at this time take any public comment. Members of the public who wish to provide in-person public comment on this item, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. For the records, there are no in-person public comments. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2482-237-2791. It's webinar password 1234, then pound. If you haven't already done so, please dial 3, star 3, to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Moderator, do we have any public comments on the phone? Okay, I see there is one caller. Um, They may need to press star six to unmute themselves. Hello, caller. Hello. You're unmuted. Please go ahead. Yeah, my name is Francisco da Costa. And from time to time, uh, I, I listen to what you are deliberate. I want to focus on uh, a very serious situation all over our city where we talk about helping those, uh, and there are many who uh, have uh, a place to live, uh, but they ex are experiencing stress, some of them dementia, uh, some of them, uh, all sorts of illnesses because of the dementia. And we can easily say that, you know, we have some money to help them uh, and stop the eviction. But why don't we talk about wraparound services? And I want to know if there's one single nonprofit, and I want statistics that have gone and helped people to stop the eviction. Many of them are middle class, some of them are very educated, but they are now uh, mentally challenged. And we just talk in generalities, you know, oh, we have money for this, that, and the other, but our actions do not reveal that. I know that because I have to get involved. 
So just suppose we want to put somebody um, uh, in a system where they get wraparound services. It costs five to to eight thousand uh, dollars a month. So I want to know if there is one single uh, nonprofit or one single department, city department. Uh, that does uh, the work correctly with social workers, case managers, having a doctor, having a nurse, uh, having nurses to give wraparound services. I want somebody to discuss that rather than just go and, uh, you know, Thank make you, general Tyler. statements. Thank you. So our city, Thank you our for your comment. oversight committee, I believe, is going up. I don't think I can. Moderator, are there additional public comments? There are no additional uh, public comments over the phone. All right. So much to our public commenters. Um, I do want to recognize uh, Member Cunningham Denning has joined, and we're actually going to circle back to roll call. Um, so, Jesse, if you could. Great. Member Catalano? Present. Member Cunningham Denning? Present. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yeah. Member Friedenbach? Present. Chair Williams? Present. So, at this time, we do have quorum, and we're going to move to item three which is approval with possible modification of the minutes from January 26th, February 23rd, and March 23rd. Is there a public comment on approval of the minutes? Public comment. Members of the public who wish to provide in-person public comment on this item, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. For the records, there are no in-person public comments. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2482-237-2791, webinar password 1234, then pound. If you haven't already done so, please dial star 3 to line up to speak. A system prompt uh, will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note you will have two minutes. Moderator, do we have any public comments on the phone? For the records, there are no phone public comments. Hold. Thank you so much. So, um, Member Friedenbach. Um, yeah, I was just uh, making a motion to approve the minutes. I'll second. All right, so it's been moved by Member Friedenbach, seconded by Vice Chair D'Antonio. Um, can we take the roll, please? Um, Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. So the minutes have been approved, and we'll now circle back to our shelter hygiene um, area. And uh, if you could, Member Friedenbach, walk us through um, the motions and the recommendations that you're proposing. Yeah. Let's see, so um, do we want to just, I'll just do it verbally, or do you guys want the slides up? Um, yeah, let's put the slides up, actually. 
Um, next slide, please. Um, so um, this is a motion, or I'm making a motion to add 10 hotel vouchers for pregnant people and victims of domestic violence at a cost of a little of about fifty thousand um, dollars by using um, by um, using savings from the cabin shelter program by delaying startup by a week. All right. Is there a second? A second. All right. So it's been moved by Member Friedenbach, seconded by Vice Chair D'Antonio, and we'll take the roll on this. Or do we want to take these as a package? Or actually, yes. Let's separate them out. So we'll take the roll yeah. on this. Okay. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. So the motion has been approved unanimously. Um, so next, uh, Member Friedenbach, your motion. Yeah, so um, next slide, please. Um, so this is not a budget recommendation, but a policy recommendation, just to clarify. So this would not affect the investment plan. Um, but um, this is a motion um, to recommend that the city um, and the port extend the RV trailer shelter program wind down by a year to the end of December 31st, 2024 um, by um, making space for use of part of the site for, by the port authority um, for rehab uh, needed to make it maritime ready. Okay, I believe Member Catalano, do you have a question? <laughs> you saw my face. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask, given what Director Whitley shared, if the recommendation is that the, the Pier 94 continue to be the site or that the RVs themselves continue to, that program continue to exist in that quantity of RVs. Well, so um, I'm going to do a couple scenarios here just to... So um, it could be the port says no, and then we go back to Gigi's um, recommend, you know, recommendations in terms of the plan. So some of the trailers get moved to the tiny home site. Some of them get moved to the safe parking. Um, but if the port extends the use, and if the city comes up with the money to operate that, then we would be able to do both the tiny home at full capacity, continue the safe parking um, where people with their own RVs would come in um, and have people um, have that capacity at the port. And so it would kind of expand, kind of be bigger. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of ifs in that statement, I understand. Um, but um, I kind of have the attitude that nothing's a done deal and it's good to just keep trying. <laughs> so, yeah. And because I also love that program out there. So that's, yeah. Any other member, uh, members have questions on this motion? All right, so I don't know if we received a second. Oh, I'll second. All right, so moved by uh, uh, member <laughs> Freedom Box, seconded by Vice Chair uh, Antonio. So we'll now take it to roll. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. All right, so the motion is approved unanimously, and we'll move to the next recommendation. Um, this, yeah, it's, uh, the family shelter, we don't need a motion. Um, so we could go to the next slide, unless somebody disagrees with that. Um, we don't need a motion on this one either. 
And that was it. Those were the two motions. Wonderful. Thank you, Member Friedenbach, for all your hard work on this. And we will now move to our homelessness prevention um, motions. Uh, Member Catalato. Thank you. I don't think there are any motions in this category. Okay. Thank you so much. So with that, um, I will ask a member, member Cunningham-Denning if you would like to jump into mental health recommendations. If not, if you need a little more time, I could jump into the permanent housing recommendations. Sure um, I can choice. definitely share the mental health recommendations. Wonderful. So I'm going to turn it over to member Cunningham-Denning. Thank you. And maybe we can go to the slide for mental health recommendations. Next slide, please. Thank you. So um, first recommendation is to continue implementation. Um, I recommend continuing the implementation of the 23-24 fiscal spending year plan using reserves if necessary. Um, the rationale is dollars have tangible impacts in the community and are needed right now. And the proposed budget continues implementation with adjustments for cost increases. Two, um, treatment beds. Recommended prioritizing funding for bringing treatment beds to scale. Rationale, the need for greater access to care is visible on the streets. Proposed budget increases funding for treatment beds reflecting more beds in operation at this point than anticipated last year. The increase also reflects some, in, some cost increases as well. Um, three, the co-op. Recommended adding one six-bed co-op to acquisitions list at a cost of $2.6 million. Fund operating costs by decreasing assertive outreach street crisis response teams by 11 million, I'm sorry, by $0.11 million, which is $110,000. Rationale, need additional options for ongoing housing for people with, with higher behavioral health needs. And a proposed buz budget includes a slight increase and the cost of management, case management, and care coordination services. Um, number four, the fourth recommendation, Youth Navigation Center. Recommended expanding behavioral health services at the Youth Navigation Center. The rationale, based on feedback from the listening sessions, young people staying in the, the Youth Navigation Center need and want clinical services. The needs assessment also found that youth and navigation centers want greater access to mental health services as well. Proposed budget and implementation plan include mental health services for youth, but do not include mental health services at the youth navigation center. And youth and LGBTQIA plus um, recommendations recommend prioritizing investments in mental health services for homeless youth, particularly LGBTQIA young people. The rationale, the needs assessment found that homeless youth are more likely to, or I'm sorry, are more likely than adults to identify with the LGBTQIA plus community, and that young people experiencing homelessness want greater access to behavioral health services. The proposed budget maintains implementation plans, which funds new youth residential programs, um, beds, and expansion and peer navigation and behavioral health services for youth and TGNC people experiencing homelessness. Um, so the next three, assertive outreach um, is extremely important. Recommend assertive outreach with ongoing case management remain a high priority in order to build trust and meet the needs that are visible on the streets. Recommend, recommend one-time crisis response services are a lower priority um, 
than ongoing street-based behavioral care, um, such as case management. And assertive outreach recommended peer-based street response model to make overdose prevention services more accessible to black people experiencing homelessness who are overrepresented among overdose deaths. And finally, any questions? Wonderful, so I'm gonna turn it to um, our department. Is anyone here from Department of Public Health to, so no, no, no questions. Um, is there any misalignment in terms of the department recommendations, anything that we should be made aware of? Okay, so we'll open it up to the committee. Any thoughts on these amazing recommendations? So Vice Chair D'Antonio. Great, thank you. Um, I might have missed this. I was just wondering on the Youth uh, Navigation Center, why um, not include the mental health services at the Youth Navigation Center, like on site? Um, was that a request that was made? or? Um, so this, this recommendation um, came from the listening sessions we did last year. Um, that the um, youth there really wanted to see some um, medical that. services yeah. on site. Yeah. But I'm wondering why it's not on site. Is that oh. what it says, or am I reading that? No, it oh. should be on site. But do not include mental health services at the Youth Navigation Center on the second bullet point. Oh, oh, the oh, proposed budget from the. It. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So this would was, be an adjustment to the investment plan to add this in. Okay. That's what I Yeah. Think. Okay. I was yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. Um, I just want to um, thank uh, Member Cunningham Denny for all your hard work. I know that this is your first year as a mental health liaison, and I'm just so proud of uh, these recommendations, and I think that they're so important for our community. And with that, um, we'll go to public comment if there's any public comment. Members of the public who wish to provide in-person public comment on this item, please line up at the podium now. All right, you have two minutes. One second, let me turn on your mic. Hi, thank you. Um, hi, committee. Um, Marnie Regan, she, her pronouns. Uh, Larkin Street Youth Services. I'm also co-chair of HESPA and chair of the TAY subcommittee of HESPA. And I just want to thank you, um, Member Cunningham, Denning, Denning, all of your work and um, thoughtfulness behind these recommendations. We totally support these. Um, in light of, and thank you for listening. Um, we brought up that um, the TANAV Center, um, there's uh, an RFP out for 24-7 drop-in at that site. Um, uh, the majority of clients there um, are in high need of, of clinical services, which is why um, the TAY subcommittee has a big ask for um, clinical supports across the system of care and on-site at the TANAV Center. Um, so we thank you for the thoughtfulness um, and the attention you're putting towards transitional age youth who have very unique and distinct needs from the other um, members of our um, unhoused population. So thank you. For the record, there are no additional in-person public. Oh, there is. Oh, hi. Come on up. I just got here, so. That's fantastic. Okay. There's still time. Awesome. I know it's kind of late, but hopefully I can get in. Hello, everybody. My name is Ryan, and uh, I'm here for the first time. So really good to be here and listen to all the feedback that we're getting on homelessness. And uh, I've been helping a lot of homeless recently with um, delivering food and also with spiritual healing. So I was wondering, is there any type of services right now around spiritual healing when it comes to uh, energy work? Um, you know, because I'm in Reiki, I'm a Reiki certified practitioner. 
So I feel like there's a lot of ways that we can help with uh, releasing energy blockages, imbalances, helping them uplift their spirit through prayer, meditation, yoga, those types of things. So I'm just, you know, trying to figure out maybe there's a way that I can get more involved with the community to do that. Oh, there is. And does yoga classes. Too. Yeah, and massage, um, homeless prenatal does massages for pregnant women. Yeah, because they uh, follow up after, and I'm all procedural right now. We usually don't engage in Sorry, back yeah. and forth yeah, dialogue for public right. comment, um, but we will follow up. <laughs> but yeah. um, your yeah. no worries. Uh, <laughs> I love <no>. it. <laughs> it's because of the, this is really what I'm focused on doing yeah. is helping helping yeah. the San Francisco city as a whole uh, help them heal, and I think this is one way that I can do that. So I'd like to be involved more and get involved with the people that are already working in that area. Um, my suggestion would be to contact um, local um, community-based organizations mm -hmm. that you can um, provide your services to. That would be a, a really great way to enter Where? into. Yeah. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Um, I would recommend um, contacting local community-based organizations. Okay. Um, there, there are many, such as like San Francisco Community Health Center, um, Lion Martin, to name a few, where you could um, introduce your services, and maybe there's something you can work out with them directly, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which would provide a direct um, service to the community, especially those experiences. We can provide a list. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I was just wondering if there's something in place right now with the city no, already. Really. I don't believe, we can de definitely talk about this offline. Okay. So can you leave your information with um, Jesse yeah. Shimon? Absolutely. Um, and we can definitely follow up. You have a lot of folks with a lot of yeah. years of experience in the uh, service uh, system, yeah. so. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is amazing. We have in-person public comment. I know. I love Yay. it. Yay. All right. I think we have additional public comment. Good morning. My name is Julie Falataina. Um, pronouns she, her. Um, my question is because I deal with a lot of homeless families that are still out there. Is this um, mental health as well? Um, I was wondering, I know they get the um, service of grants, and I was wondering yeah. if we could get the service going to them on the street, that's still on the street, mental health. Because I know some of the family, like t this morning, they were scared to come in. They're scared to go. Um, some of them just don't want to go nowhere, but I was seeing if we could get support of getting like the mental health van or the car to go out and do outreach for the family that are still out there that need the service to be supported with their children with, because in this journey and their situation at this time right now, they're, they're going through a lot of anger issues, you know, frustrated and kids are lashing out, parents are getting frustrated, don't know what to do. So I'm, I'm asking today, um, will there be any support of any of that service going to them on the street, would they be able to go to them? Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, if you could also leave your information um, with Jesse as well. Um, I want to definitely, uh, Member Cunningham, Denny, if you want to follow up with folks, I think this is definitely an area where there's a lot of energy in our city and a lot of focus that's needed and a lot of different, there's no cookie cutter approach um, for this. And it's just, there's so many, there's a wealth of resources. So if folks want to leave your information for us, we can definitely follow up and connect you with the right folks um, to answer these questions, as well as what um, community-based organizations that we know of that we've been connected to in this process that could be of support. So just really appreciate the in-person public comment and folks' engagement. And um, I want to turn it back to Member Cunningham Denning to close us off on this area. Oh.
Oh, from public comment. Okay. For the records, there are no additional in-person public comments. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2482-237-2791, webinar password 1234, then pound. If you haven't already done so, please dial star 3 to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Moderator, do we have any public comments on the phone? We, uh, we have one, one caller. Hello, caller. Caller, you may need to press star six to unmute yourself. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Thought I heard them. Caller, are you there? All right, we're gonna. Okay, we can also no also public comments. circle back, but I want to return back to member Ken Hendening just to ask Hello? for any. Oh, oh, there, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, uh, this Sorry. is Joy Jackson Morgan, Executive Director at Third Street Center and Clinic. I was having some issues that kept muting me and unmuting, so I don't know what happened with the system. But um, good morning, Commissioner. Thank you so much for hearing this. Our organization, Third Street, runs the Tay Navigation Center. And since we opened in 2001, sorry, 2021, uh, we have been trying to, you know, cobble together some services. And one of the things that we wanted to do from the beginning was to provide mental health services mm. around the clock. Mm -hmm. um, we are so grateful for the harm reduction therapy center who jumped on board from day one to provide some of these mental health services but it's just not enough. We have about 12 hours a week from HRTC, and uh, we've been told like that's one of the most for some of the shelters, but you know, we really, really want to, to boost this uh, for young people, and they're asking for it. This is a rare change in our culture where young people are being very vocal about their behavioral health or their mental health needs, um, and we wanna honor that. We have young people who are coming and being referred to the NAP who are double diagnosed, triple diagnosed, and some even dealing with some of their substance use as well. And so the complexity that these young people are presenting to us is not enough just for your average shelter worker or healthcare worker. We need some mental health support, um, you know, seven days a week. Hopefully we can get to 24 hours, but we'll take even more than that, right? Like we, we just want to, to boost these services for young people to get the help that they need and to be able to uh, say that homelessness was just an experience, a traumatic experience that they've been working through and not have to stay homeless and stay stuck in these places. We want, we want to make sure that the NAV is a place for all and that they can get served in the right ways that they need help. So thank you so much for listening to this and, and really um, putting this forward with the recommendations. And most importantly, thank you for listening to the young people. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. Thank 
Thank you, caller. Are there any more public comments? Uh, for the records, there are no additional phone public comments. Okay, thank you so much to our public commenters. I'm gonna turn it back to Member Cunningham Denning to close us out with any motions from your recommendations. Oh, go ahead, Member Catalana. <clears throat> Hello. Um, I, thank you so much for the um, overview and the recommendations. I just had one question on the co-op. I, I think um, I'm really excited this is included because when we looked at the, we've seen the sort of pipeline on treatment beds and I think there's um, important kind of transitional and short-term treatment beds, but having beds that are meeting the level of need and are, could function as permanent housing um, and could be long-term housing are really important. So I'm excited about that recommendation. Um, and I was just curious is the, Will this 110,000, that full fund, operating costs, not in perpetuity, but um, that's not just one-time operating costs, that will continue on, and that would cover all the costs? I guess that's a question. I don't know if that's a question for the department. Um, but I want to make sure we weren't assigning one-time operating costs to an ongoing um, program. Um, Emily Gibbs, deputy for uh, Deputy Finance Officer for Budget at the Department of Public Health. Um, so I believe the 110,000, it would be an ongoing need. So if that's, that's consistent with the estimates provided by the department of what the um, ongoing operating costs subject to annual kinds of um, cost increases would be. So it's, I think, up to the committee what their recommendation would be, but if, um, this would be that would be the ongoing operating costs of an additional co-op pro program. And then the recommendation here is that we take that money each year out of the assertive street crisis. Are we? Is it like accounting for inflation? Is there like a three percent annual increase or no? I think there is. One hundred ten thousand in perpetuity. Yeah. I think the programs get the colas automatically, right? Or. I think in the past we've said, we've been explicit about how much oh, inflation we're accounting for. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we were explicit before about inflation, but that's I think we can always change it. Thank so, you. Any other clarification needed, Member Catalano? No, I think that as long as we're clear that this isn't, we're, we're proposing ongoing funding, that's, that meets my needs. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so Member Cunningham Denning, if you want to walk us through any motions that you have for these recommendations. Yes, thank you. Um, the only two recommendations I would um, want to see a motion on right now would be the Youth Navigation Center as well as the co-op facilities. All right, so we'll start with the Youth Navigation Center, if you could. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. if you um, Either way. I'm sorry, say that one more time. If, uh, you can make a motion on first the Youth Navigation Center. We'll go, we'll take them one by one. Of course. Um, if I could get a motion for the Youth Navigation Center, I would. Okay. okay. So um, it's been moved by Member Cunningham Denny. Second. Seconded by Vice Chair D'Antonio. Uh, so, Jesse, if we could go to roll. And this is on the Youth Navigation Center recommendation. Sure. Member Catalano? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, could I just, one clarifying thing in here. So, last year um, in our investment plan, um, we asked for this to be funded out of the drop-in services, behavioral and clinical health bucket. Mm -hmm. And um, I wasn't sure if we wanted to include that in the motion again this year or not. Yes. Um, so I'd like to make a friendly amendment. Member Cunningham-Denning, do you accept that amendment? I accept that amendment. Thank you. All right, so we'll go to roll. 
Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. All right, so the motion passes unanimously. We'll go to your next motion, member. Um, and the next motion is to, for the co-op facilities. All right, is there a second? Second. All right, I believe that was seconded by member Catalano. Am I correct? All right, so we'll take this to roll. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes, and do we need to explicitly say in the motion that the 100000 is ongoing. an ongoing expense or... Does, does that matter? Do you want to amend that? You can just make that amendment. Yes, I would like to amend that to make sure that it's an ongoing um, $110,000 per year. Um, do we want to adjust for the for like inflation? Yes, also 3%. with an adjustment for 3% for, in, for inflation. All right, and Member Catalano, do you still second? Yes. All right, so we'll go, go back to start roll at the top. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. All right. So the motion passes unanimously. That's Love great. It. Yay. All right. So now um, we have our uh, permanent housing recommendations. And I just want to um, uh, highlight that we at this time do not have a permanent housing liaison. And this has been sort of an effort between Member Catalano, um, Member Friedenbach, and myself um, to sort of uh, fill in this. So, <laughs> no, you as well, Member Catalano, thank you for all your help. So, I'm just going to walk through the permanent uh, housing recommendations if we could. All right. So we're gonna first start with women's housing. Um, we're recommending a pathway for women serving organizations to place and provide services for 50 women in the adult flexible housing subsidy pool. Um, our rationale is that homeless, extremely low income women without children have distinct ongoing needs, including safety needs that are best served through women only space. And in terms of the proposed budget, it's gonna convert 4 million in one-time funding for women's flexible subsidies into two-year rapid rehousing subsidies. That's two million in fiscal year 24 and two million in fiscal year 25. So we'll go to the next slide. Um, secondly, we're um, proposing a capital for per permanent supportive housing sites. We recommend the city use general fund or other funding sources to maintain and rehab existing PSH inventory and use OCO funding to obtain and maintain new housing capacity. Our rationale is that OCO fund is not an appropriate source for funding programs in legacy and existing buildings. And the proposed budget includes capital costs for adult PSH sites and home key adult PSH rehab. Next slide. So third recommendation here is money management. We want to recommend that the city use general fund dollars to expand money management services. Our rationale is that the OCO fund is not an appropriate source for funding programs in legacy and existing buildings. Um, the proposed budget includes an expansion of PSH money management services in adult slash all housing. Next slide. Um, we want uh, bridge housing for youth. We recommend allocating $6 million in one-time site acquisition funding and $1 million in ongoing operating funding for a bridge housing program that provides shared housing with services for young people with high behavioral health care needs. Funding for both site acquisition and operations, we recommend to begin in fiscal year 23-24. Our rationale is that there is a need for ongoing housing intervention to provide an intermediate step of shared housing with services for young people with high behavioral health care needs. And the proposed budget includes ongoing funding for bridge housing in the permanent housing youth 
area beginning in fiscal year 24-25 during fiscal year 23-24. Um, the department intends to plan and solicit a provider for this program. Next slide. Uh, we have our shallow subsidy. Uh, we recommend $1.5 million per year to create a shallow subsidy program for homeless families with low support service needs. Funding could come from the permanent housing families acquisitions line and could be spread over several years. The rationale is that shallow subsidies may stretch permanent housing dollars to serve more households. Shallow subsidies are well suited to meeting the needs of homeless families with economic needs and low support service needs. The recommendation adds a shallow subsidy program to the permanent housing housing families area. The proposed budget includes shallow subsidy program in the permanent housing adults all populations category which could be used for families. And then six, our last recommendation is Latinx and LGBTQQIA plus communities. We recommend investments in these communities across all permanent housing, adult, youth, and family. Um, our rationale is that Latinx and LGBTQIA plus identities are overrepresented in the 2022 PIT count. The needs assessments community engagement dashboard shows underrepresentation in housing match and placement. And the proposed budget includes flex pool priority for trans and gender nonconforming communities. All right, with that, I'm gonna open it up to um, the department if there's any, um, any comments to any of our representatives. All right, so no comments. We're gonna open it up to the committee. Uh, I have a question. Uh, Vice Chair D'Antonio. Okay, great. Um, thank you. Uh, slide number 10, Latinx LGBTQIA+. Um, what was that recommendation again, other than the flexible priority? Like, what is the, is that a policy recommendation for Latinx communities, or is there a budget, or is there like, yeah. I think it was policy. It was a policy. Recall. Okay, yeah. okay, I was just making sure, yeah. thank you. All right, and then we're gonna go to a public comment on our permanent housing recommendations. Members of the public who wish to provide in-person public comment on this item, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. For the records, there, oh, for the records, there are in-person public comments. Hi, um, Marnie Regan, she, her pronouns, uh, Larkin Street Youth Services and HESPA and the TASE Subcommittee of HESPA. Um, I just wanna thank you for these recommendations. Um, the pit count showed a 46% reduction in TAY homelessness, um, which is significant, yes. And um, what, what that means is it's working. These investments are working and we can't stop the momentum. And much to the, um, you know, public person, what the public thinks of nonprofits, we would like to put ourselves out of business. I can't wait for the day where Larkin Street doesn't have to serve homeless youth anymore and the rest of the, the TAY providers. Um, I'm sure I'm speaking for the entire homeless response system. Um, so I just wanna um, thank you and strongly encourage us to keep investing in youth-specific housing strategies because young adults are different than chronically homeless adults. Um, we see a lot more TAY-headed families and asylum-seeking youth. Um, and we, we see these investments as prevention, um, preventing the future chronically homeless adults in San Francisco. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Solange. I work for um, the SRO Family Collaboratives. I'm an organizer. Uh, with subsidies from the city, I wanna say thank you for because I've seen how important it is for people to have housing and two years housing is not enough. 
it breaks my heart every time, like somebody saying, you know, I have to leave my house. And what education we are providing to these people to keep their housing? That's my question for the city. Another, another thing that I want to mention is uh, being housing, I feel that is what we need to battle mental health in this city. The prices are really, really high, and nobody, even with two jobs, can afford it for a six-people housing. So I just want to say thank you for all the subsidies provide, and I hope can be more permanent housing and not two years housing. Thank you. Um, good morning. Um, the last time I was here, I spoke on how the city is the sanctuary for all people. So I'm asking for us, organization to help your people, help us to help them. Um, I'm here for the voucher for the family. I know um, I used to be in that journey, and that's a hardship journey, dragging your children, your belongings, and then it comes with mental health, angry, frustrated. So um, I know it's not enough shelter here also, so I'm here to ask for the long-term recommendation of housing voucher for the family. That way we could be able to support them on the long run um, as education, training, you know, that way they understand how to learn to keep their housing instead of repeating the cycle that they're in right now. Um, thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Tracy Mix, and I work at the Coalition on Homelessness. Um, I just want to um, throw in my support for um, extending these um, subsidies for families because two years a year is not enough time to get it together if you're coming from homelessness and you're still having mental health issues and your kids, you're still trying to get them used to a different routine. So that's why I encourage for these folks to have longer subsidies. And also along with that, Sometimes when you get subsidies, you're almost not poor enough and you're trying to get ahead. And when you're trying to get ahead and it's like, oh, you make too much money, that's like discouraging as well. So I would like to see, you know, a little bit more equity because we know that cost of living is high all over the country, but especially here in the Bay Area because I cry every time I go to the grocery store. <laughs> so it's like just me, you know, being housed now and seeing like how things are going up and everything. And I don't want to keep on seeing families repeating the same cycle. They think they're ahead and then... Their, that security blanket is just snatched out from under them. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Jessica Hernandez, and I just wanted to say that um, we should be spending money for permanent solutions for families and not um, only temporary, because at the end of the day, um, it's not you guys who will end up in the streets again after not being able to increase your um, your um, income in two years. That's that's not real. Um, and I have seen a lot of families who don't qualify for, for housing, who need housing, and I think that we should be spending money in shallow subsidies because, like, okay, there's not a lot of families who, like, need the PSH support, like the long-term, you know, like, support PSH, but 
they still need that permanent solution so that they don't have to end up in the streets with their kids. And if I ever go through that, I don't want to take a, a temporary subsidy. And I went through that, and I'm glad that I have a permanent solution. It's not supportive, but I know that I'm going to be there as long as I need it. And if one day my income increases, I'm going to let it go and, and let someone else take the chance to, you know, uh, be able to uh, fully, um, you know, uh, go over this without like having to worry that I'm gonna be in the streets in the next day. So please um, think about this and please be spending this money for families for permanent solutions. Thank you. For the. Are there additional public comments on this agenda item? You do not. Hola, buenos días. Mi nombre es Luz Salas. Yo tengo tres niños y lo que yo trabajo no me alcanza. La renta está subiendo y la comida está subiendo. Lo que queremos es justicia para que baje la renta y la comida. Gracias. Hello, good morning, everyone. Um, I just wanted to say that um, with, with, this, with the money I get, my income is not enough. The food is too high, the rent is too high, and I just wanted to come here and ask for justice, uh, for more affordable things, for the, um, the rent to decrease and be more more easier to access for families. Morning, everyone. Uh, I wanna hear because I, I think I, everybody needs houses for living in San Francisco. A lot of people move. I have four kids and and I got stress because no home. Sometimes I wanna stress. I wanna go back my country, but my kids born here. My kids don't wanna come back in my country because this country is country that my kids. That's why my kids say no, mom. Pero es it's hard now because the houses is too expensive. Even I had three yak, you never buy the houses. It's ridiculous for poor people or people working hard, never I got the house. So that's why I'm here because I, I need everybody to a good home, safe home. I say thank God because my kids are good studying, I have good kids. But sometimes I feel my kids are depressed for no house. I understand because it's not easy, but I hope so one day change it or I tell my kids, wait, finish your graduation, baby, go my country. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Okay. Okay, for the records, there are no additional in-person public comments. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2482-237, 
2791, webinar password 1234, then pound. If you haven't already done so, please dial star 3 to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Moderator, do we have any public comments on the phone? For the record, there are no phone public comments. There we go. All right. Well, I want to just thank all of our public commenters. Um, I believe this is maybe the second time now that we've been in person, third time that we've been in person, and it's just really great to see folks coming out and talking about um, these issues. And we've been, this is our third cycle of making recommendations to the mayor and to the board of supervisors around these critical areas and also working with our, um, with the departments. And so with that, I want to uh, turn it to member Friedenbach to kick us off with our motions and then I'll turn it to Vice Chair D'Antonio to also make some motions in this area. So, Member Friedenbach. Thank you. Um, I just want to make a little bit of comments before this uh, motion I'm going to make on women's housing. This one we kind of struggled with in the housing group because um, there was um, a, a board ad back that was not permanent funding. Um, and there was a desire on the part of the department to do to have a rapid rehousing um, expansion on the adult side of um, things and um, in the strategic plan. And um, at the same time, we didn't feel like the rapid rehousing was addressing the needs of um, the what we were talking about, which was more elder women who really wanted to live in housing around other women. And so this is not a um, budget proposal so it doesn't touch the rapid rehousing program um, but it basically tries to address the issue um, from a policy perspective in a more creative way and so what the motion is um, is that um, the Department um, of Homelessness and Supportive Housing create a pathway for women serving organizations to place and provide services for 50 women within the adult flex housing subsidy pool. All right, there's been moved by Member Friedenbach. Is there a second? Um, I'll second. Seconded by Member Cunningham-Denning. Uh, we'll go to roll. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. So the motion passes unanimously, and I'll go back to Member Friedenbach. Okay. Um, this next one um, is around the bridge housing. So this has also been a struggle um, that has been um, ongoing. Um, so the kind of the original concept three years ago was to do um, housing. You know, there's always the struggle with youth housing because you want it for youth and then if the youth stay there forever, um, they age out and then they no longer qualify for um, permanent supportive housing um, and then your youth housing kind of turns into adult housing and doesn't serve in the same way um, and so um, that's kind of part of what's been we've been struggling with and so um, there's a um, a couple things here but the the first one is a budget proposal um, and the idea um, because before, as Chair Williams talked about, 
What's in the investment plan is bridge housing wouldn't happen for the year after, and it's only a small amount of money, doesn't have any acquisition money in it, and I feel like it's just kind of being put off, like every year they put it off for another year, another year. And so anyway, so this recommendation is to allocate, oh, and we have space in the youth. This is one of our areas where we have space money-wise, so this and family housing, so that's kind of cool. Um, but so recommending allocating $6 million in one-time acquisition funding um, and $1 million in ongoing operating funding for a bridge housing program that provides shared housing with services for young people with high behavioral health care needs and um, that this is to happen in the fiscal year 23-24 budget. All right, so it's been moved by Member Friedenbach. Is there a second? I'll second. Seconded by Member Cunningham-Denning, and we'll go to roll. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes, so it's been moved unanimously, and Member Friedenbach? Okay, so this next one is, we heard a lot from public commenters. Um, and be, like, I kind of want to adjust the motion a little bit, um, but you guys let me know if we don't want to do that or not. Um, but I'm, before I make the motion, I'm, I, you know, we could, we, we get a lot of negative feedback on the rapid rehousing. And that's basically been the only option for families for a really long time. And what I've kind of been hearing unanimously from folks in the community is they don't want more rapid rehousing. They, they want, like there's turnover in rapid rehousing, you know, and we could turn it over, but not further expansion. So that was the, what I wanted to adjust it around was pulling that 2.1 million, I believe was in um, rapid rehousing. Um, that was a new expenditure um, for this next year added into the housing um, investment plan. Um, and so, um, and the other thing I want to mention, so it was mentioned by people in the community, but we ha we, we were doing shallow, we're doing shallow, we're adding that for adults. Um, there was talk about, um, from HSH was like, well, we could, the adults could be available for families. I don't think that that would end up, um, meaning that families would end up having access to those subsidies. So I strongly feel like we, we really need to have it carved out for families. I also recognize that HSH is really um, struggles with, uh, this is a huge investment plan. They haven't, they don't have the staffing to do all this quickly. It's like a huge hardship for their department. And so um, I, I, you know, this can also be an MOHCD shallow subsidy program. They already operate some of our prop C's, um, the doubled up, the SROs, um, uh, some of the other ones are through MOHCD, which wouldn't hit the capacity issue um, for um, HS, Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. I'm trying to incorporate the feedback that I'm hearing and then come up with a proposal that like addresses the concerns. And so, um, so I'm making those two adjustments to the proposal. Um, uh, so my motion is, um, to recommend 1.5 million per year um, to create a shallow subsidy program for 60 homeless families with low support service needs. Um, funding would come from the rapid rehousing expansion um, and um, um, funding in years three, ongoing after year three um, would come from the um, families acquisition pot um, spread out um, until the fund um, uh, uh, spread out over multiple years um, using that fund balance. All right, so it's been moved by Member Friedenbach. Is there a second? Oh, and sorry, um, uh, operated by MOHCD. Thank you. So moved by Member Friedenbach. Is there a second on this motion? I'm a second. Seconded by Member Cunningham-Denning. Uh, we'll go to roll. 
Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. So it's been moved unanimously. Um, and with that, I'm going to turn it over to Vice Chair D'Antonio for the remainder of our motions in the permanent housing section. Great. Um, okay. Thank you. So um, I would make a motion that the city use general funds um, or find other sources of funding to maintain and rehab existing permanent supportive housing inventory. Um, OCO funds should be used for new programs um, rather than um, rehabbing existing sites. Um, so we definitely support rehabbing existing sites. We know that that's necessary, but we just don't feel like that should come from OCO funding. Um, and by the legislation, we don't feel like it aligns. So it would be outside of the legislation. So that's my motion. All right, so it's been moved by Vice Chair D'Antonio. Is there a second? Second. It's been seconded by Member Friedenbach, and if just we can do roll. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. So it's been moved unanimously. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Thank you. And then by the same rationale, um, recommend and make a motion that the city use general fund dollars to expand the money management services program. All right. Is there a second? Second. Seconded by Member Friedenbach. Um, we'll go to roll. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. All right. So it's been moved unanimously. And I just want to give a round of applause. This concludes all of our recommendations Yay. for this fiscal year. Um, I just want to thank all of our liaisons for your continued hard work. I want to thank our departments. I want to thank the public for continuing to hold the city accountable to what we know works. And we're going to continue to push the mayor and the board of supervisors to implement uh, these recommendations and continue to build awareness around, again, what we know works for our community. So thank you all for everyone that came out today. I know we have folks that we want to follow up with that spoke in public and comment, and we will do so. And we also want to direct everyone to the website. There's a lot of information there. Our needs assessment all of our past fiscal year recommendations that we have put forth and we're going to continue to do the work so um, with that I want to open it up to see if there's any future agenda items we never have time to say um, any future agenda items so Vice Chair D'Antonio great thank you yeah I have a couple um, first um, I wanted to see if maybe we should revisit the bylaws at least until we get more people on the committee and change voting from four members to five members. Um, just like that, we always make sure we have quorum. Um, and then my other thoughts around housing authority, would still love for housing authority to come talk with us. And if not, someone from MoCD who is overseeing a lot of those programs. Um, yeah, especially since they just opened up the Section 8 wait list for like two household families or like for two ho um, person households, just stuff like that. It would be really nice for people on this committee to know about that when we're making decisions. Um, we talk a lot about modeling. How can we model when we don't have all the information about all the inventory that we have in the city? Um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. But anyways, um, so that, that, those are my two items that I would like to see. I believe we do have an update on the Housing Authority. I know, Jesse, we were looking at having them come at some point in this year. So if you wanted to mention that. Um. Yeah, we've been uh, working to get a presentation um, around how 
HSH and the Housing Authority work together on, on homelessness issues. So um, keeping it, yeah, that's what we're doing. Is, is most, like would it be all three then kind of? Most CD, HSH, and, and uh, Housing Authority? Especially since most CD had to oversee for so long? Yeah, it could be. And I, I would just like to also recommend that we be sure and include Linda Mason, um, previously known as Linda Martin, who um, oversees the access piece of the Housing Authority, as well as the director there. I think that's really important because a lot of what Julia is talking about is who gets access to public housing and how much of a role can play in solving homelessness. Access for sure. And then also I just like vacancies, like yeah. do we know vacancy rates? Like what does that look like right now? Yeah. That's really great. Um, any other future agenda items? Um, I definitely want to agree with Vice Chair D'Antonio. I know that right now we have three uh, members who need to be seated, need to be appointed, and we're waiting on those appointments. Um, but I think in the meantime, it's really important for us to look at our bylaws and see what we can do because life does happen and we want to be able to still uh, conduct the business of this committee. So I agree with that. Um, if there's no further future agenda items, wow. is there a public comment on on our future agenda items? Members of the public who wish to provide in-person public comment on this item, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. For the records, there are no in-person public comments. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415 655-0001, access code 2482-237-2791, webinar password 1234, then pound. If you haven't already done so, please dial star 3 to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Moderator, do we have any public comments on the phone? It looks like we do have one, oh, no, for the record, there are no phone public comments. All right, thank you. I should say Secretary Shimon now uh, for um, your support and just want to thank everyone who's joined us virtually and joined us in person. And um, yeah, please come and check us out and stay in touch. And um, we will at this time take a motion uh, to adjourn. Second. Is there a motion? Um, yes, I would like to um, make a motion to end. So I believe that was moved by uh, Member Cunningham-Denning and seconded by Vice Chair D'Antonio, and we'll take roll on adjournment. Member Catalano? Yes. Member Cunningham-Denning? Yes. Vice Chair D'Antonio? Yes. Member Friedenbach? Yes. Chair Williams? Yes. All right, so it's been approved, and we are adjourned at 11.06 a.m. Thank you, everyone.